Uh, okay, uh, professors and everyone, uh, welcome to my seminars. And today I will talk about the social insurance uh, concept in China. And because I'm studying LSE social policy lectures in this term, so I wanted to I want to compare the social insurance and the social policy concepts first. And then I will talk about what China can learn from the social policy concept and what China can learn from the UK's uh, practice of the social welfare and uh, social welfare reform. And my presentation will have four points. The first is about the transition of social service from working unit delivery to social delivery. And I will make a short introduction of the social policy concept that I have learned from LSE's lectures. And then I will introduce the transition of the social service uh, from the working unit delivery to uh, right now and the construction of a social delivery in China. And secondly, I will introduce the social insurance in China. And I will also talk about the disadvantages of the social insurance. Um, because the analysis of social insurance is so complicated, so today, my meaning of the disadvantages is about the disadvantages in meeting the people's social needs, as is also um, the first and the priority concern of the social policy concept. So today's disadvantages of social insurance is on the meeting of people's social needs, not on any other subjects. And thirdly, I will talk about what can China learn from the UK's welfare system. Since UK, we are, it is rare to talk about social insurance in the UK, we usually talk about social welfare or social service or welfare state. So the social insurance system is, uh, yes, we do. In UK, there is some national insurance system. But in UK, it is rare to talk about social insurance. And people usually talk about social welfare or social service. So I will introduce some basic UK system of for example, the state basic pension and the job seekers allowance. And then I will talk about uh, what China can learn from UK's practice and what can China learn from the UK's the current welfare reform debate, especially the universal credit uh, welfare reform. And finally, I will give some uh, my conclusions on this seminar, not the conclusions of the development of social insurance or social policy. Uh, first of all is the transition of the social service. Uh, from working unit delivery to social delivery in China. Uh, I attended some lectures of LSE's social policies, and these lectures, including the basic introduction of the social policy foundation, and the social policy issues and the goals, and social security policies, and some, uh, some subjects on social economics and social policy. In all these lectures, many professors and uh, students talk about the ideology of the social policy. And the ideology usually uh, includes the topic on whether or, should or how the government should intervene in people's daily life. Uh, a lot of professors uh, discuss these topics on, from different points of view or from different aspects of ideology. And the focus of this discussion is on whether the government, uh, the market mechanism should be regarded as the basic system to distribute and redistribute all the resources in the society. And sometimes this could be the distinctions between Marxism and other ideologies that 
used to be regarded on the right wings, for example, the uh, con conservatism, uh, conservatism and uh, liberalism and uh, per, uh, and some uh, concept like the uh, the right wing concept of the old right or the new left, and sometimes they also have the discussions on the third way or some other aspect. But in my opinion, the focus should be what kind of welfare service should the government deliver. That is to say, uh, according to Aspen Anderson, a famous writer who wrote a book on the three kinds of different the basic structures of social welfare, he argued that to what extent should the decommodification of welfare should be delivered to all the citizens. Uh, because right now in China we have the social insurance system to dominate the whole so social service. So, so whether this social insurance should dominate the social service system is still the hot topic in China. And according to the discussions in these lectures, I summarized what is the social policy identity. For example, according to Tim Newburn, the head of the uh, social policy department, he said that social policy is an interdisciplinary and applied subject concerned with the analysis of a society's response to social needs. And he concluded that the, so the basic human needs include food and shelter, a sustainable and a safe environment, the promotion of health, the treatment of sick, the care and the support of those unable to live a fully independent life, and education of trainings of individuals to, cons to a certain level that enable them fully to participate in the society. So this is the identification of Tim Newburn. And according to another professor in the social policy department, Hatay Dean, he said that the central concerns of social policy should be on four aspects. Those are human interdependency and social justice, organizing our well-being, addressing social problems, and responding to change in the globalization process. So in my opinion, I think the social insurance concept is more comprehensive and much higher than the concept of social insurance, since the social insurance is only to cover people's social risk. That is to say, in social insurance, ideas that the government should do something only when the risks happen. So the social co policy concept is much more comprehensive because it tends to deal with the people's social needs, and the social needs should cover all these aspects. So in the concept of the social policy, the government should do a lot of things. This is also from Professor Hatay-Din, and he said that the government should, meet, should uh, deliver some policies and services to meet the needs through social provision. And this needs, uh, this provision should cover these aspects such as uh, basic services like healthcare and education, or providing for livelihoods, for example, the housing and the education and the environment issues, and thirdly, the protecting vulnerable people, uh, for example, caring to children and the old, and the social insecurity and the social insurance. So that is to say, in my opinion, the social insurance is only one item in the social policy system to meet people's social needs. So 
uh, next, I have to say something about the distinctions between public policy and social policy, since I'm from the school of public policy and management. And in the public management policy concept, uh, the public expenditure of the government should cover all these aspects, while the social expenditure is only one of the whole public expenditures. But the social expenditure should include a lot of aspects, such, such as this uh, old age cash benefits, disability cash benefits, and so on and so forth. And in this concept of the social expenditure, I think the social insurance expenditure is only one of these items. So after study of this term, including the ideology study and the practice and uh, social needs uh, expenditure or social expenditure of the government study, I think I, I can make a very tentative conclusion that it doesn't matter what kind of ideology the government possess. That is to say, what matters is that the government should make it best to satisfy people's social needs, and this should be the government's first priority. Although there are some analysis and argument, argument about the social needs, for example, there is a very famous book written by Hartley Dean on the understanding of human needs. In his book, he analyzed a lot of uh, different aspects of view on human needs. Uh, I think it is very, I, I'm very surprised to see so much analysis on human needs in public policy and management. Because in China, we only have this analysis of human needs on the business management and the business uh, studies. So it is rare to study or analyze human needs in public policy or in public management. So I think this should be our new subject and our new efforts on our future studies. We should focus on the human needs uh, in the public policy study as well as in the business management study. So this is, I think, more or less the same pragmatism as Deng Xiaoping's famous argument on the black or white cat. That is to say, it doesn't matter whether a cat is a black or white. What matters is that it catches mass. It is just exactly the same thing as this uh, argument on the ideology of the government. It doesn't matter what kind of ideology the government possesses. What matters is that it should satisfy the people's social needs. So I think this kind of pragmatism ideology has been the, uh, the main guidelines for China's reform and opening up. After more than 30 years of reform, gradually, I should say, the government began to recognize that it is the people's daily life, that is to say their social needs, should be the government's focus, not the ideology in people's minds. Because in China, we used to focus on the class struggle and the ideology of people's minds. And the government has paid too much attention and emphasis on the ideology issues before. So right now, the government gradually recognized that it is the people's daily life and the human needs should be the focus of the government. But whether it is the full responsibility or the part responsibility of the government it still needs further discussions. And so I will introduce uh, a little on the transition of social service through China's transition from the working unit delivery because uh, right now we have a lot of experts on these issues in this room. Uh, in the central planned economy, all kinds of social service like housing, healthcare, pension, security, education of the children were delivered through the working unit people were working in. 
I think to uh, a lot of people this is very familiar because it used to be the fact of China's social service. Uh, but to me, it is, uh, I think, it's very. Uh, it's, it's not very familiar because I was born after the 1980s, after reform and opening up period. So I, I don't, I don't know very comprehensive about this delivery. But I still remember when I was very young, and the working unit of my parents delivered so many aspects of social services. And that time, because my father was working in a factory, and the factory had its own uh, hospitals, schools, and all these kind of services. So if there is something happen, both in the family or in the social life, then the people should go to the working unit to get any kind of services and advices. And sometimes the domestic uh, disputes or the disputes with the neighbors should be settled down by the working unit. And there was a very famous joke in Peking University in the 1990s, which was told by a professor of mine, and he said that uh, the leader of the department said this, uh, the students in nowadays are so out of law. Why? Because they have girlfriends and boyfriends and they don't inform me. So this is a kind of, I should say, <laughs> a phenomenon of this working unit delivery of this all kind of social services. But I should say after this 30 years of reform, this transition of social of services through working unit delivery to social delivery, here I shouldn't say social service because in China it is, I should say that distinctions between social service and the occupational or working unit service or the government service is all also is always blurred. People can't distinguish what is social service, what is the working unit service, or what is the government service. But this transition of service from working unit delivery to social delivery began to emerge uh, in the 1980s, I should say. But it is uh, it became the focus of the society, especially after the 1998 National People's Congress. Uh, in this Congress, uh, Mr. Zhongji was, shouldn't be used, appointed. Mr. Zhongji became the, prim the premier of China's Central uh, State Council, and he was in a uh, conference, uh, press conference after, in the end of this National People's Congress, and he answered the questions of the uh, journalist. In his the talk of this, during this Congress, he said this, the, the insufficiency of the state-owned enterprises are due to their burden of this kind of social service, because at that time, the state-owned enterprises have to deliver a lot of social services, and they have to cover the pension, the health care, the housing, the education of their employees. So he said that the, the state-owned enterprises are inefficient, and uh, they are not uh, economic, uh, or they, they don't make any surplus, or they don't make any contribution of the society because they have the huge burden. So after that Congress, a lot of new items were introduced, such as the, uh, the pension insurance, unemployment insurance, health care insurance, the public housing fund, the tuition fee of colleges and universities were all introduced during this period. Here I want to say, for example, the social insurance was used, was called labor insurance before the 1990s. Yes, in China we have we had this labor insurance in the 1980s or even earlier. But only after this period they are regarded as social insurance because the government wanted to reform the state-owned enterprises and they wanted to uh, decrease the burden of these working units. So they have to establish this social 
insurance to take the place of the labor insurance, which was mainly the responsibility of the working unit to reform the state-owned enterprises. And other kinds of social services items were also introduced. Uh, but right now in China, when we talk about uh, the social service or the social welfare, people usually talk about the farm insurance and the wine farms. The farm insurance are the pension, health, uh, pension insurance, health care insurance, unemployment insurance, the maternity insurance, and uh, work injury compensation. And the one fund is the uh, housing fund. So this fund insurance and one fund become the basic concept of social service in China. But we have other items. But I think other items of social service are not institutionalized and not formal. And people, uh, that is to say, they didn't touch, they don't touch people's daily life. So people are not very familiar with, familiar with them as this items. Uh, so next I will talk about the disadvantages of social insurance to meet people's social needs because uh, there are a lot of analysis on social insurance in China and uh, a lot of aspects of social insurance were analyzed. But today I want to focus on the disadvantages of social insurance to meet people's social needs. Uh, because the social needs is a very important concept in the uh, Department of Social Policy in LSE. <coughs> uh, because as I have introduced, the basic social services are in the forms of a social insurance in China. And uh, there are fund insurance and one uh, funds. They are the basic social ser uh, service concept. And I think the principle of social service is to cover people's social risks. And here I use the word cover, I think is, it is also a very uh, complicated word to, uh, to, to describe social insurance because uh, to cover is used by the government or by the documents of our uh, government. But uh, the cover is, I think, a blurred concept of word because when the social risks happen, what the people will do, what the government will do is not very clear using the word of cover. So I think the basic principle of social insurance should be uh, listed as these three most important uh, aspects. The first of all is the pooling of social risks. Um, that is to say, whether you will uh, face these social risks in the future, it doesn't matter. But it matters is that you have to pay this social insurance contribution by the mandatory command of the government. This is the basic uh, characteristics of the social insurance. But I should say, both in China and in other countries, the funding of the social insurance uh, are diversified because not only the employees, the employers will contribute to the social insurance, but also uh, but some, the government should also uh, support this system by its budget. So these funding <coughs> sources are always diversified, but the basic concept is the pooling of the social risks. And the second characteristic is the mandatory contribution requirement. That is to say, no contribution, no benefit. This is a basic principle of the social insurance, and your benefit will be linked <coughs> to the contribution. Although, I should say, the, le uh, the level of benefit uh, between the, uh, the contribution is less tough than commercial insurance because in commercial insurance we have the premium and the premium, premium between 
uh, between, and the relationship between the benefit and the premium is very tough, I should say, and sometimes sometime it must be applied to the actuarial principle. But in social insurance, the benefit, the, the relationship between the benefit and the premium is less tough than the commercial insurance. That is why this is called social insurance, not commercial insurance. So these are the basic principles of social insurance. And what are the disadvantages to meet people's uh, social needs? I will describe them into three concepts. First of all is uh, because social insurance is a tool to deal with the people's social risks, but whether the benefit level could satisfy the participants' needs is in a lot. And here I will use China's basic pension as an example. And this table is the pension benefit, we should say pension insurance benefit uh, of the people's, of the China's uh, urban employee basic pension because in China the basic pension insurance uh, only covers uh, employees in urban areas and so the benefit levels from 2000 to 2009 is from 500 RMBs a month to 1200 RMBs a month. And uh, yes, this is the average, the national average, yes. And this line is about the average working income of urban employees from 888, a very good number, uh, to 2,878 uh, RMBs uh, a month. So the substitution ratio, and that is to say the pension compared with the uh, average working income of urban employees, is fluctuate around 0 .0, 0 0.50. Uh, the lowest level is about 0.42, uh, so this becomes more tough. And the highest ratio is uh, around 0.63 and the beginning of this insurance. So comparing with the minimum living allowance in Beijing, which is, uh, as I found out in the internet, is about 500 MB a month for each person of the family. So if a family has three or four people who are uh, not in the labor force and who don't have fixed income from any kind of sources, so they will enjoy a minimum living allowance, 500 RMBs a month for each person. Uh, comparing with this level of minimum living allowance, we usually call them a debau in China. Uh, the pension benefit is, I should say, mm, not very satisfied. Because, for example, this is the average, average income. Uh, it's about 1,200 a month. But since in China, the divergences of the income is so huge between different cities and different regions, and the income level in Beijing is much higher than the income level in other regions of China. So the point of clarification, a lot of people who receive DIVA also receive pension. About 30% of people receiving DIVA. Oh uh, yes, yes, this this is what I'm going to talk about. Yes, uh, so the and pensions. If I remember this part, I think national wide, uh, the num uh, the number for the low income people are average is two hundred forty. Yeah, it's much lower than yeah, it's much lower than the number in Beijing. Oh yes, 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 I know that. Yes. What I want to talk about is that the social insurance benefit alone will not meet people's needs even if they are old and retired and have a pension benefit. So this is 
the concept of so if we are in the concept of social policy like UK system uh, that is to say uh, social insurance alone is not enough for example in UK and uh, there is the state basic pension system and uh, this I should say the state basic pension should apply to the insurance principle but at the same time I think the state basic pension alone is not enough to meet people's needs in UK so in UK there is also the pension credit system because for uh, basic, basic, basic pension, it is uh, calculated according to the contribution of the national insurance contributions. NIS. So the full amount of benefit could only be given to those who had contributed for nearly 44 uh, years. That is to say you have to contribute to NI at the beginning of your career and then you can enjoy a full benefit and the retirement age of uh, 65 for male and 60 for female, I think right now, but uh, male and female retirement age will be enhanced in the future. Uh, but there is the pension credit system policy, which is not a contribution-oriented system. That is to say, the pension credit is not an insurance, a social insurance system. And as to the system of UK's job seekers allowance, I think there are also two types of job seekers allowance. And one is contribution-based job seekers allowance, and the other is the income-based job seekers allowance. People may be entitled to claim contribution-based job seekers allowance if they have paid enough national insurance uh, contributions. So I think this is uh, also a kind of unemployment insurance UK, but the social insurance system alone is not enough to meet people's needs when they are unemployed. That is to say that job seekers allowance may be uh, may, could not, could, couldn't be only based on the social insurance system and together with the income-based job seekers allowance, this is not social insurance principle uh, to meet people's social needs. But if we have social insurance system alone, this uh, combination of different kind of policies couldn't be achieved. Uh, so just as Professor Arthur Hussain has said that uh, in China, we may have the people to enjoy the pension benefit and uh, a minimum living allowance. But I should say this is the problem a lot, of, a lot of researchers have mentioned because of the management of the, uh, the two systems are, I think, in different departments. For example, the pension system is managed by the Department of Social Security and Human Resource, while the minimum living allowance is managed by the Department of Civil Affairs. So uh, people, I think, have to apply for these two kinds of systems to different departments. And sometimes I'm afraid that the, the probabilities of uh, benefit fraud or benefit mistakes have, uh, may happen because they have to apply for different uh, items to different departments. Sometimes people have to do the same applications and sometimes they have to fill in the same forms, which is also the problem of UK's uh, system, which I will, be, I will, I will introduce later. <coughs> and the second disadvantage of social insurance to meet people's social needs is that whether this system will have enough financial support. Uh, because in social insurance system, the main uh, income are from the contributions of the employees and the employers. Um, so as a matter of fact, the social insurance system will exclude those who are not in the labor force. Uh, for example, the disabled, uh, the children, 
and some people who have some difficulties in attending the labor force. Uh, but China wanted to extend the social insurance system to rural areas and to the people uh, who, don't, uh, who, don't have, who do not work, for example, the residents in the urban area. Uh, here I will use the example of the medical uh, health care insurance. And the table two is the urban employee scheme of social uh, pooling funds. And we should say that this system is currently regulated and uh, uh, it's currently regulated very well, I should say, according to uh, the funding conditions. For example, in the year 2009, we have the fund income. Uh, this is nearly Uh, 367 billion pounds of income, while the fund expenditure is about 279 billion pounds, uh, billion I should say use the word pound, RMBs, and the uh, accumulation is the difference between the income and the expenditure is uh, 87 billion pounds, and the accumulation rate, which is uh, used is accumulation uh, to be divided by the fund's income is nearly 23.82. That is nearly a quarter of the contribution is saved every year, and that is to, uh, that shows the uh, that is that shows the relatively good uh, funding conditions of the uh, healthcare systems to urban employees because this is a social insurance principle. But if we wanted to extend the, this principle to the rural areas, the problem will be that this is not called a social insurance. This is called a new type rural cooperative medical system. And this is not a social insurance, but the principle is more or less the same because if you wanted to enjoy any uh, health care support from the government, you have to contribute at least uh, 40 uh, RMBs uh, each member in the household a year. So this contribution, I should say, is not as much as those in the urban areas because- How many the government subsidy per person? Over 100? Uh, yes, the, the, the contribution level is increased year by year. Yeah, I think the original uh, contribution level, when this policy was introduced in the year 2007, is about 40. Or 60. Yeah, but now it's over 100. Uh, yes, but now, uh, now it exceeds 100 and this. Uh, so it's a really heavily subsidized system. It's not like usual insurance. Oh, so uh, yes, yes. Uh, but uh, comparing with the uh, funding conditions to the urban employees, uh, this accumulation rate is relatively uh, low. And, uh, but that's a good thing because if, uh, if we have to look at the saving money for an insurance per, per fund is not necessarily a good characteristic. It, all it means is not covering enough of the risk. Uh, yes, but the problem is how to integrate. The problem is because how to integrate. The rate in China for health insurance is actually very low. Uh, yes, that's true. Yes, yes. Um, but in the future, if we want to interpret this different kinds of systems to a uh, universal a comprehensive system. The problem is uh, whether the social risks, the social risks of healthcare uh, between different groups, between different regions, will be shared by the whole nation. And so, so I think 
uh, because right now in China the, social, uh, the healthcare system is regulated by uh, not by central government but by the province or, or by city level so uh, in different provinces and different cities they have different systems for example in Chengdu, in Chengdu city in Sichuan province all these kinds of medical and healthcare systems or insurance are integrated by a, whole, by a specific authority of the local government and they are facing the problem of the shortage of funds in Chengdu city. But in, in other cities like Beijing or Shanghai, they don't have, they don't, they didn't integrate different systems. So they maybe still have these uh, different conditions of funding problems. And in the future, I think the, this autonomy of different regions will remain and the different cities and the provinces still have to face uh, different conditions of their social risks. Uh, uh, Tara has a very good point here. Uh, I'm surprised that the urban numbers are so much larger than the rural numbers, given that uh, most of the Chinese people are still in rural areas. Uh, if you to flesh out this table and, and give it some some greater scope, would it be possible to to give the actual numbers of urban people covered and what percentage that that, uh, the, that would represent of the total urban population. Oh yeah, yes. The participants of the urban system is about uh, 140 million people. Out of how many urban people are there in China? It's about less than a quarter. Uh, yes, less than a quarter. Yes, less than a quarter. And the rural? Uh, the rural is very high rural the rural problem, the rural problem is, is if you see the statistics of the government, then you will see that all the people in the rural area have been covered. Well, it also makes sense because you're getting such huge subsidies. Uh, yes, because if although their contribution level is relatively low, but they will get get subsidy from the government, so they have the incentives to um, to join in the system. But their contribution level is much less than the urban areas employees. Also, the, the uh, you disturbing. You have to take into account both what is covered and what isn't. Rural insurance scheme is very restrictive in, uh, yes. in the sense of what is actually covered because it makes it very strongest thing. Still, the difference between the pooling system and the individual cut in urban areas. So, this is a very different system. And the third problem of social insurance to meet the people's needs is the equity issue of social insurance. Because uh, here I also use the example of the pension insurance. Uh, the first line is about the social insur uh, pension insurance uh, substitution rate. We use pension benefit, that is to say pension insurance benefit, to be divided by the income before uh, retirement. That is to say, the social benefit could only deliver nearly around 50% to 60% of their income before retirement. But to the public service organizations in China, I use PSOs, public service organizations in Xie in Chinese, and the civil servants they don't have to contribute to the social insurance. Well, they receive a relatively higher level of benefit after retirement. And this is more or less the same principle of this working unit delivery of social insurance before the reform. And so if we have social insurance system, uh, people will compare their benefit 
with those who are not in the social insurance system. So there is the argument and issue of this equity issue of this social uh, insurance benefit. Uh, people will not say, yes, I'm in the social insurance system. You are not in this system. People will only compare the result of the system. So if the difference of system exists, then this comparison and, uh, and, and the equity issue will remain in the future. And right now, the younger employees in PSOs had begun to contribute to the social insurance. So we shouldn't say that the PSOs are not in the social insurance system. Only the younger employees in PSOs began to contribute to the social insurance system. So I think this may be the future trends of social insurance develop development. That is to say, in the future, maybe the employees in our public sector will join in the pension insurance system, health care system. Uh, because in China, right now, we have nearly uh, Four hundred employees in public sector. I should say. Uh, how to say it? Uh, Four million. Four million? No, 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 no. Four. Fourteen million. Fourteen million. Fourteen million. Yes, fourteen million employees in public sector. That is nearly the half of the UK's population. And so, any problem in these public sectors? Uh, will not be affordable affordable in China. That is to say, China's government will not allow the employees in public sector to have a strike on the street. So this may be the future trend for the public sector employees to take part in this social insurance system. And finally, I will talk about uh, what can China learn from social policy concept and what can China learn from UK's uh, system. I should say the social insurance is using the contribution as pooling system to protect social risks. But the question is how the social insurance system will satisfy people's needs when their social risk happen, considering that their needs are diversified and interlinked. And that is to say right, right now we have five different social insurance system to cover different insurance, uh, to cover different risks. For example, the old age risk, the injury risk, the sickness risk, and the unemployment unemployment risk. And the problem is when people when social risk happens, people still have different kinds of social needs. For example, when people are retired, they still have to face the problem of housing, of daily consuming, of the care, for example, to the disabled relatives or the members of their family, or the problem of education. And then should the social insurance income should satisfy their different items of needs and demandings after their retirement. That is still the question. Because in UK system, although they have different items like state, state basic pension, job seekers allowance, and uh, the working tax credit, they still have the different items to cover their different needs when they face these uh, daily problems. So the social insurance systems uh, to cover different kinds of needs is very I should say difficult because some aspects of these needs couldn't be insured. For example, the caring of children or the education of the children uh, when their social risks happen should, couldn't be insured. There's no such things as uh, children's education social insurance or children's care education, uh, children's care ins uh, social insurance. But the problem is when these social risks happen, people do have to face 
there's different aspects of uh, needs, and these needs are also, I should say, interlinked. Uh, for example, the, and in other items, the, the problem is more or less the same. So the injured people, the unemployed people, are all facing these different aspects of needs when the social risk happens. And then what are the social insurance systems to deal with all these aspects of social needs is still the problem. That is also the difference between, I think, uh, social insurance and commercial insurance. Because in commercial insurance, the principle of the commercial insurance is to sometimes to pay for the cost or compensate for the loss when the, the risk happens. But in social insurance, we still have to face the problem of meeting people's social needs when the social risks happen. So I think only in the concept of social policy should we uh, face the problem of meeting people's social needs properly. Uh, for example, in social policy concept, uh, the government can use cash benefits, goods, policy, tax, and fiscal and services to meet people's needs in different ways. But in social insurance concept, I think only cash benefit could be given to the people. And so I think social insurance is only one method of all these different ways in funding to deal with the social service and it's the social insurance alone is not enough to meet it. Uh, here I use the example of the UK government's spending uh, on different items. I think the social spending uh, take a very large proportion of the whole spending of the UK's government. Uh, the social spending is nearly 67% of the whole UK's government spending, and it's nearly 31% of the whole GDP. So this uh, total social spending could only be uh, calculated through the concept of social insurance. Um, if, you, if we have the social, uh, uh, social service system, then we will have a government to report the total social spending every year. But right now, we, have, we only have social, uh, so it, that is the, if we see the statistics of the government, we can only get the government spending on social security and the employment. So we don't have the social spending items in the statistics of the government. So if we have the concept of social policy, then the government will calculate the social spending each year. Then we will know that whether our government is uh, do a good job or is do a not bad job or didn't do a job at all. And secondly is what can China learn from the UK system? Uh, uh, here is a picture of UK system. I think uh, in UK system the principle is that we should use insurance together with other items to meet people's needs. For example, Yes, we have to face social risks. Uh, when people become old, they will have state basic pension. But I should say the state basic pension is not enough. So if you want, if you want to meet all the people's housing, warming, consuming, or care needs, the in UK they still have different kinds of benefits, such as housing benefits, cold weather pay, pension credit, attendance allowance, or other items of uh, social service to meet their different kinds of needs. Uh, as to the risk of unemployment, um, for example, they, have, they are not employed, they have no pay, or they have lower pay. And their needs still include uh, childcare or education, 
housing, consuming, and other uh, aspects. And there are still other benefits together with those job seeker allowance. For example, the child benefit, the child credit, housing benefit, and the working tax credit or council tax benefit. These kinds of services are taken together to deal with different needs when the social risks happen. I think this shows how uh, China should build a social service system in the future. Social insurance, social insurance should be uh, the main uh, policy to deal with people's social risks, but social insurance alone I think is not enough. And right now in UK there is the reform of the welfare that is to say the universal credit uh, system to deal with the problem of UK system. Uh, in the white paper, the 21st century welfare, uh, two points of problems were uh, stressed on UK's system. The first one is the work incentives, and the second one is the system is too complex. So to solve these two problems, there will be a new welfare system in UK, which was introduced in the another white paper, universal credit system. And right now, I think this reform is under the debate in the House of Commons and the House of Lords. And I think in the future, all the means-tested elements in UK's welfare reform, a welfare system will be replaced by this universal credit. And a single amount of benefit will be granted to the household based on their income. Um, right now, uh, the reform is only uh, the reform focuses on the income of the household, but uh, sometimes there is still the argument that whether people's needs should be taken into consideration, because um, right now this reform is not passed in the House of Lords. That is to, uh, because a lot of uh, social needs have to be dealt with in the reform, and for example, the child care, uh, the cancer patients' care and some other items are not included in the universal credit system. So there is still the debate on how to uh, implement the universal credit system. And there is still the argument on the benefit cap, 26,000 a year, and a lot of people argue about whether they should take geographic uh, differences into consideration because the living cost uh, in London is much higher than any other region in the UK. So there, is still, uh, there are still a lot of questions needs further discussion. But the universal credit system, I should say, is another way to deal with people's social risks. For example, they, they will give a, I should say, a single amount of benefit to cover people's different needs when the social risk happens. And this social, uh, this amount will be based, uh, will be calculated on the basis of income alone. Uh, so, uh, what I want to say is that there are two choices left for China to choose. One is we set different uh, items like social insurance or not social insurance, just the benefit support from the government budget uh, to meet people's different social needs and then we will integrate them together. And the, the second choice is to set up a universal system like UK's UC system to cover people's needs by a single amount of uh, benefit. And finally, I will make some 
suggestions. The first one is uh, China's basic social insurance, uh, social service structure must be changed, and social insurance system alone uh, is not enough. Uh, in the future, China have to get a micro and integrated concept of social service to take advantage uh, advantages of social insurance and overcome the disadvantages of the system as well to meet people's social needs. And I think in the future, China will have the social insurance together with non-contribution-based benefit. All this will be supported by the budget of the government, and this comprehensive system should be set up to deliver both contribution and income-based benefits, such as uh, contribution-based job seekers allowance and income-based job seekers allowance in UK. And the second is the managerial structure must be reconstructed. Uh, because in UK's reform, the Department of Work and Pension will integrate the schemes used to be delivered by Her Majesty's Custom and Revenue and the local councils. And that is to say, in the future, DWP will be responsible for the people's needs and well-being in the universal credit uh, reform. I think this kind of responsibility and accountability must be constructed in China's government. Because right now, we have different departments um, to join in the social security system. For example, the Department of Social Security and Human Resource are responsible for the social insurance, while the Department of Civil Affairs are responsible for uh, the minimum living allowance and other kind of support to those people who are not work in, work in a labor force. And the Department of Health, who are uh, responsible for the rural and medical care uh, uh, system, and the Department of Treasury uh, for some other kind of uh, funding and uh, support to the people who are not in the workforce. And I think in the future, China is needs a comprehensive uh, authority to meet this responsibility and accountability uh, uh, demands of this social service. But in the future, China still have to face the problem of this relationship between central government and local government, because uh, in China, the differences between different regions are is much huger than in other countries. So uh, the national standard or national minimum uh, standard of benefit uh, should be set up, but each region and province and city should be given some autonomy because and they will uh, more, they will be more responsive to the local demandings and the local conditions. And finally, is the social benefit agencies and the information system should be the next core step because in the UK's future UC system, the information of the applicants, like the income, including working salary, investment income, family information, health conditions, assets, property, and savings uh, will be collected. Although this system is based on the income alone, but in the future, if the household has a basic, for example, assets or property or savings, then their benefit will be deduced because they still have some sources of their own. So the government will deduce their, uh, will decrease their uh, welfare support according to their information and data. So in China, if we want to set up a universal system, and to cover people's needs, then we must know their, I should say, uh, comprehensive information, and including their income, their asset, and uh, their, and their assets, their properties, their savings, and their, uh, uh, the different uh, sources of uh, income and support. 
And if people have special needs, such as caring and education of the children, or housing, or caring for the patients, the disabled, or the aged person, then these informations must be given to the government to help the government to make a final decision on the amount of the benefit. Because right now, people uh, still have the needs to apply for extra benefit because they have some objective needs in their daily life. Then you must prove to the government that your needs and uh, difficulties in your life are true, so that the government will help you to uh, support you and get you out of these difficulties in their daily lives. Uh, so this is the agency system in uni UK's universal credit system. And the future agencies will do data and money job, I think, according to uh, the white paper. And that is to say, they will collect data from the employees and the employers, and this data will include their income, uh, which was used, to, which was, which is managed by the by Her Majesty Revenue and Customs. And in the future, these informations will be shared by the DWP and Her, uh, Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs, uh, and then they will set the level of benefit to each household on the basis of this data. So I think in China we still need these uh, agencies to collect this data and to uh, deliver the service and the benefit to the applicants. And so I think that this is the choice to leave uh, China to select whether we should make up new systems to cover people's different needs first and then to integrate them together, or we have, uh, we should say, a leaf and a bounce to establish a comprehensive system like UK's, UC's, uh, UC system in UK. And the problem is how to choose between these two choices. I think this choice will, be, will depend on the will and the capability of China's government, because I think in universal credit system, the risk is left to the government, because the government will decide the benefit level only on the basis of the applicant's income and asset and savings. So the government alone will be responsible for the people's social needs and social well-being. So this is too risky to the government, especially when the capability of collecting the data and uh, fighting against the welfare error and mistake is not very satisfying in China, because uh, right now in China, I think the welfare error and mistakes is very are very, uh, is uh, still a problem need to be dealt with. And it will depend also on the society and the people's choices, because right now we have an open and market economy. So people's needs and people's mobili mobilities through different regions and through different sectors, through different status are very uh, active. So the government still have to meet people's different social needs under a changing conditions. So I think the needs to have a universal welfare system is very strong from the society and the people. And finally, it's my conclusion. Uh, first of all, is that the comprehensive system to meet people's needs must be established in China. And secondly, is social insurance is one of the system. And I think social insurance alone is not enough to meet the social needs of the people. And thirdly, is the capacity to deliver this is tested in establishing the service agency and the information system in China. Uh, I have this discussion with, some, uh, with Professor Atta Hussain, and he said that if the scrutiny and the uh, collection of the data is so 
tough, then there's still, uh, there are, there's, still uh, there's still a problem left that, yes, you want to fight against the welfare error and mistakes, but if the, uh, the, if the process is so tough, you are, not, you are going to leave the people who are in real need of this welfare out of this system. And the final conclusion is that the purpose of the construction is to have a public service system with good quality, efficiency, and satisfaction to all the people in China. Although I think and the rules to achieve this may differ. And this is all my presentation. Thank you very much for your attention. Thank you. Well, I, I think Hu uh, Naijun has given us the most interesting uh, um, paper and uh, some very important conclusions, which uh, I broadly um, agree with. Agree with. Um, uh, I hope I have the strength to see to see ourselves as others see us, as he has done. I, w I want to just say a bit about um, the second and third <coughs> topics you, you, you raised uh, about social insurance and its disadvantages and what can China learn from the uh, UK system. I'll take them in the opposite order if I may. Um, just as the United States, uh, which is the only big country playing baseball, uh, has a World Series, um, now Britain is to have a universal credit, which um, uh, may go beyond the Milky Way to the whole um, limits of the universe. Uh, but I doubt it, um, because it's not universal. Uh, it doesn't cover all of Social Security. It only really is focused at the uh, working age group. Um, and it, uh, it's certainly not universal in the sense of covering all the social services. Um, it's, it's, it's just a modification of, uh, of, of the social security system. And uh, I would urge a lot of caution about um, uh, learning anything from it because it doesn't exist. Uh, and uh, if the National Health Service reforms have problems, uh, I foresee the universal credit having just as many problems. For example, uh, it hasn't yet sorted out what the role of local government is in administering it relative to central government, because housing uh, benefit has been locally administered, and how far that's going to be integrated um, is, is, is as yet unclear. But I think the... Um, Perhaps the, the, the uh, information systems is the most uncertain thing. I wonder if, Huda um, Jung, you could just go back to the or second from the end um, slide, which, which shows the, uh, that one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, now, that's... that's uh, uh, this one or...? Yeah, that one. This one, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, about the payment system. Now that, that is proclaimed as a, as a, as a great advance uh, because uh, the information on income on the right hand column will be fed in uh, combined with the information on the claim and uh, determination of entitlement and week by week uh, will determine how much uh, universal credit payment there will be. 
Um, a wonderful system in theory and uh, um, a system which on all previous attempts has been a complete failure. That <laughs> uh, they say that the computer system will enable this to, to work. Uh, but the reasons it won't work are nothing to do with computers, they're do, to do with human behavior. And as John Hills showed uh, with the uh, uh, working tax credit, people's circumstances vary. They don't stay in the same housing with the same cost. They don't live with the same people all the time. Children grow up and leave. All these changes affect entitlement. So when they introduced the tax credits, there were huge overpayments and huge underpayments. Um, the overpayments, to get around the problem, they wrote off huge amounts of benefit that had been paid. Um, uh, the, the underpayments uh, created huge problems because people thought they were getting benefits and suddenly got a huge bill at the end of the year. Why? Because they hadn't reported um, uh, all the changes. Uh, the, even on the right-hand column about income, somebody gets a part-time casual job, up goes their income, inland revenue doesn't know about, oh sorry, it's now revenue and customs don't know about that, so the income earnings data feed is wrong. Uh, and the idea that a computer system is going to work um, when it's never done before, I mean all the social security major computer systems have been appalling failures, they've written off billions of pounds in, in, in failed technology. Um, and, and, and the basic reason is because, because humans, uh, they're dealing with the crooked timber of humanity. They're not dealing with people whose neat lives, living in a certain type of unit with one job and the, the only thing that changes is their income. Um, lots of things change. So, so many people are already predicting complete disaster for this. Um, uh, that it would require a huge new computer system. Uh, as I've said, it's only dealing with low-pay unemployment. It's not trying to integrate the whole of Social Security at all. Um, uh, so what one can learn from a system that hasn't yet been introduced, um, I think one should be quite cautious uh, yes, yes. Uh, about that. Um, what what I think the government is quite right about is that there is a terrible lack of, well, that there are big problems in social uh, security in Britain. There's a serious lack of understanding of how the system works. There's a lack of political support. Uh, and there, are, there is much suspicion that an awful lot of people uh, are abusing the system. So it appears to be the most popular policy the government has at the moment to reform welfare. But that's because of suspicion and uh, some supporting evidence uh, that, that, that there is a lot of abuse in the system. So they're getting uh, a lot of credit. And when bishops and the House of Lords oppose this, the government seems to be very happy because it just highlights um, that, um, that, that they are the party which is trying to um, reform welfare. But, but how far people have looked at the details of it is um, uh, very doubtful. Um, 
Now, turning to the wider issue of social insurance, I think, I think it's perhaps important to distinguish a big difference across Europe uh, that, that Britain and the beverage system basically was uh, beverage uh, um, had a uh, relationship with the lady who was his secretary at LSE, which um, uh, if that was exposed in, um, even without hacking, uh, in the popular press might have um, put his position in some jeopardy, but uh, then people were very, uh, they weren't hacking onto mobile phones. Um, but he was, he made the assumption that basically women would be uh, uh, some if they weren't married, would be at, might be in, in employment, but others would be at home uh, raising children, uh, as he put it, for the future uh, of the empire. Um, so he, he had an assumption that basically men were breadwinners, they would be supporting dependents. In much of Europe, um, I think it's fair to say social insurance de developed much more on an individual basis. Was, uh, it was linked to earnings, much more earnings relation, um, and uh, not taking account of household circumstances. So just as with universal credit, the problem is linking things about the individual with things about the household. Um, yes. I think that's a huge issue for, for what type of social insurance is, is being developed. Um, Secondly, I think it's worth recognizing for Britain that it's been used very much as a source of revenue, one that's slightly more popular than income tax. Uh, Gordon Brown, uh, when Chancellor, quite deliberately put up insurance contributions and said this is for the benefit of the health service. Now that hadn't been the basis of those contributions at all. It was, it was sheer exploitation of social insurance because it was marginally more, well, possibly very much more popular than other tax systems. Um, so, so it wasn't, um, it was just being used as a re revenue system. So the, 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 the big issue, I, I, I think, that arises with British social insurance uh, is what do you do about the people who aren't covered by it? Um, and some can be credited in. Um, uh, but, but basically what the British system has done is develop two parallel systems, a means-tested system and a contributory system. And that, that's ended up with a system which is a pretty good mess. Um, not perhaps a, a model for, for, for anywhere. Um, another problem, I, I last, uh, problem I've mentioned is that, that one can insure for known uh, risks. Um, uh, we know roughly how long people will live, uh, but over a long period of years, uh, that has changed a lot. Uh, so, so, so one doesn't have a, a fixed uh, risk of that. Um, and, and so, so all insurance, private and social, is having to be modified drastically uh, because of increased life expectancy. 
But there are other risks which we don't know about, by almost by definition. Uh, we can't insure against. Uh, other changes that will occur that will have consequences for the needs for social protection of one sort or another. Uh, and, and how far an insurance system has a kind of uh, reserve and excess that can cope with that uh, is, 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 is very uncertain. The growing cost of residential care for the very frail elderly uh, there's nothing to cover that. Uh, some countries, Germany, Japan, have developed schemes that, that are trying to ensure against that. But certainly, uh, the UK system uh, hasn't hasn't done that. So, those three aspects of social insurance seem to be problems about using it as a model. That, that, that it's it's uh, abuse in a way is just a tax collection system. Uh, the relation between individuals and households and uncertainty about the risks that it will uh, have to cover. But, but, but very quickly, can I just uh, um, mention three other aspects uh, that, that, that seem to me problems when, and I'm really questioning the definition of social policy that the head of my department uh, started with, that ideal uh, social policy, um, who Najan quoted, uh, ideal social policy should touch every aspect of people's needs and well-being with government satisfying people's needs and expectation. Um, Beveridge rightly made the assumption, well, uh, rightly saw the relationship between economic and social policy and put down an assumption which for 25 years was more or less achieved that there would be full employment. He saw the relationship between economic and social policy as absolutely crucial. So it doesn't seem to me sensible to say social policy can satisfy people's needs and expectations. The economy has got to uh, deliver and at the moment the economy is not delivering and uh, social policies really don't seem to me capable of, uh, of solving that problem in, in, in Britain. Uh, some of you might have heard David Miliband, uh, who's just produced a report about youth unemployment. And, and you can do certain things about young people's unemployment, but if the economy as a whole is not creating jobs, then you can only do a limited amount. So the relationship between economic and social policy uh, seems very important. Um, in relation to healthcare and uh, education, um, the assumption that hospitals and schools are going to deliver what is needed again seems to me a, uh, a mistake that social policy has to work uh, with people, um, with the citizens, that uh, um, the growth of obesity in the United States, Britain and China uh, is not the product of the healthcare system. The healthcare system is not forcing sweets upon people or saying don't take exercise. Uh, that's separate behaviour. Uh, maybe we could blame grandparents for that um, a bit, but, um, but it's the whole society. And uh, separating social policy is something that will achieve these 
society, people's needs and expectations independently of people's behaviour seems to me wrong. I mean, the, 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 but it is an assumption that has been made to some extent in Britain. Parents saying, well, education is not up anything to do with us, the schools are going to do that. Um, people are consuming um, staggering quantities of uh, beer saying, well, the health service will patch me up when I make my liver pain. <laughs> All these are, are dangerous assumptions, uh, but ones that uh, sadly are made. Um, uh, the assuming social services serve the social goals, um, that they are central to the social goals, seems to me um, a big uh, lesson from the UK that, uh, that, 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 that just isn't, tr isn't true. Um, and uh, the example of ageing again is one where the whole social welfare system, but particularly social insurance, has not adapted to a changing society very successfully. It, ha it hasn't seen the changes coming, it's certainly not looking out for new changes, uh, it's a lumbering old system, very slow, responding, uh, and uh, um, with many people defending it, saying you can't change it in any way because that would hurt certain groups. It's, 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 it's not a dynamic um, uh, system which has uh, contributed to clear social goals uh, for the future. So. Uh, in the sense that it's flattering that people look at the British system, if, in the sense I, I, I hope it's useful because there are many, many things to learn from it. Um, uh, but um, there are lessons that perhaps in many ways of how China would be well advised not to do things rather than how they should do things. <laughs> right, thank you very much. And um, the first thing is, uh, from, from uh, looking at your paper and your presentation, I got uh, the impression that uh, you assumed that in China, the social insurance is the only element of a social policy. Mm. Mm. No, 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 no. Or you think they are putting too much stress on it. Or, um, uh, because on the whole, I think uh, the, the British element you can see here in the, in the British system and uh, in the Chinese uh, social policy or social welfare system, they have uh, more or less the similar items in it. Uh, but, for example, you also have um, uh, unemployment uh, sort of a, a benefit. You also have a, um, a minimum income guarantee. And these are also tax-funded uh, 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 sort of uh, protection. Yeah. So. Um, Probably what is really different is the structure, how much money you spend on, on so how much uh, coverage you have on by social insurance or how much uh, money you uh, need people to uh, contribute and also what they are really, uh, uh, what are the kind of, uh, how much, what proportion of this social protection system comes from a taxation base. 
And another element, of course, that you also mentioned that is the, probably the administration structure is somewhat different. And uh, what uh, I can see that at the moment uh, in, in China, the, the one of the main issues is um, as a result of the division of different types of contributions, the overall contribution rate of urban employees are quite high. Yes. People tend to contribute more than 30% of yes. their income into the overall uh, social insurance mechanism. That can um, probably by marginal, it can to some extent help to reduce the cost. This is um, another element is uh, when you talk about the reform, and then probably still important to look at what are the purposes of, uh, of the reform. And uh, is it for the purpose of uh, uh, protecting people from social risk? And also what you have, what we have discussed just now, I can see you have a social mobility, uh, you have a labor mobility. You have an uh, inequality element. And also, to a large extent, in China these days, social stability is a big issue. So if you look at the way uh, in some public sectors, uh, pension increase, it has been pushed by the public sector employees uh, or retired, retired people's uh, resentment that they, they think they should get more. And then uh, in cities like Tianjin, uh, school teachers go on demonstration a lot. And then, uh, so my father is a teacher, and my mother is a private sector employee before they re retire. And then, uh, because the teachers have so much ability to protest and uh, gain, uh, uh, and their pension increase dramatically, but the private sector employees seems to have a very little power on this. And another element is uh, the changing uh, social interests, the group interests. Probably in the past, at the end of the Cultural Revolution, everybody belongs to the proletarian uh, class. Long before that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, so, so to some extent, I mean, uh, people share a common goal that uh, we should have, uh, the society should move in a certain direction, and in how inequality should go. But after the after this, uh, in the, uh, these days, uh, the, the income inequality is increasing and the social uh, uh, class is uh, getting more and more obvious and uh, people have uh, different interests. For, so for example, the city people and the rural people in the past, is the city people who are trying to protect and help to campaign for people from the rural areas. But these days, you can see a reverse of uh, the trend. People in the city start to question why uh, people in rural areas should have land, have all these, uh, these um, uh, they also come to cities to get our benefit. This kind of voice returned. And uh, th I think that is a sign that uh, there is a division and the changing uh, social attitude to some extent uh, uh, as a result of uh, uh, of uh, changing uh, social interests, social group interests. And then how are you going to integrate in this uh, social, uh, social policy system is a, is a kind of an issue. And also the, la the last um, thing, uh, as uh, David has mentioned, I think any uh, welfare state should re really work within its uh, means. So, um, 
Uh, in China, there is uh, this uh, particular issue. At the moment, people are also discussing uh, to what extent the uh, welfare development of welfare system has replaced the, the tr some of the traditional family type of uh, uh, function. And uh, whether that will be in the long run make it uh, impossible when the economy is not doing well and then uh, people have lost the ability to help. And uh, uh, another last point is the, uh, if you look at the British system, and in, in the Chinese system there are also other elements which you do not see here. For example, the burial of uh, the dead. Uh, what is the word? Funeral expense. Funeral expense. Yes, the cremation cost. That is part of the social uh, welfare. Or the system, system social funds. Yeah, really cover this. If you go to many, many rural areas and also some provinces, and this is a big uh, cost, and uh, uh, people consider it extremely serious. And then, would you can, uh, how would you? Uh, would you, how would you deal with it when it comes to a different cultural elements in, uh, when you look at uh, comparing different systems? Yes. That's the culture. Yes. Well, thank you very much. Uh, so let, let me uh, abuse my position and just make a very simple comment about what can we learn from the UK system. Well, it sounds very good to integrate the tax system and the welfare system. But a very simple difference between China and the UK is in China, a very small proportion of the labor force, in fact, pays income tax. So tax department collects a very, very little data as a proportion. Yes. And while in, in the UK, it's a very, very hard proportion. So the fact of a developing economy where people are not in the formal labor market is actually crucial. So big challenge for China, which is, is that the proportion of people, even in urban areas, who are informally unemployed, have been rising. And the question is, how do you devise a social security system for people who are in informal or irregular employment? Uh, could you go back uh, up a, a couple of slides? One to one where you uh, you had the, the the data requirements here in the UK under this new universal uh, credit system. Uh, yes, yeah, so that, that's the one. Oh my God, <laughs> that's frightening. Uh, it's, off, it's difficult enough, especially with people in the informal sector in, in this country, plumbers, uh, people who just get paid cash for doing something. There's underreporting. The only accurate reporting of income is where somebody pays somebody else, formal, or an employer pays an employee a wage or salary, and it's the employer who, who reports the information, not the employee. Yes. Then you get the truth. But anytime people have to declare their own income, they always underestimate it, they uh, understate it. If in the future we're going to require additional information on assets, property, and savings, it's just going to drive them. People will not disclose that. So whatever you do in China, don't do that. <laughs> that would be my suggestion because you will not get people disclosing the, their true value of yes. their assets, property, 
because they'll be afraid that they're going to be taxed upon them. My goodness, uh, do whatever you do, don't do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> well, this is really a welcoming kind of uh, approach. Uh, I say that because uh, most of the Chinese uh, visiting uh, the West, especially uh, Western Europe and, and, and the UK, they have this general uh, impression that uh, the West is more uh, socialist than Chinese uh, than China. Uh, regardless of the, of the name. Uh, I think I changed the PRC from the People's Republic of China to Party's Republic of China. <laughs> now we, we have to change it back from Party's Republic of China back to the true People's Republic of China. Therefore, social services and social benefit and the people's, ordinary people's entitlement is absolutely important. For, for, for the government and the party and its ideology to consider, to repoint the, you know, where the party should be, where the state should be. I, I know, David, the UK citizen suffers from some sort of fatigue. And you have you know, all sorts of political, technological, uh, and, and also uh, economic problems. We, we, call, we call it a transactions cost if you don't have enough information to go around. However, it is still better than the society under Mao, where social, if you like, entitlement, people's entitlement, legitimate entitlement, is used as a weapon to actually, to, to reward loyalty. And if you're not loyal, that entitlement will take away from you. Then you, 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 you will leave there, you, you, you will leave to die. Uh, this is a really unfair system. We have to change it. So my 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 appeal is this: China should consider to um, depoliticize its welfare system completely and face this you know new challenge. I think I agree with the party new party direction, which is called harmonious society, you know, social harmony. To achieve that, you really have to treat every single citizen equally, regardless whether they are civil servants or the employers of the government or these state enterprises or in the private sector. So this is a major move, you know, one step forward from the old Maoism. China, what I can see, what China has been suffering. It's basically the handle of Mohism. Mm. Right. Well, we have to finish it first. Why don't you finish, finish by with some concluding remarks? Oh, okay. Carry on the discussion later. Okay. 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 Um, I think Irv will respond to this discussion's questions and uh, appraisals uh, in short words. Uh, first of all, I think in my paper, I. I didn't say that in China there's only social insurance to cover the social service or to the people. But I think we should learn, uh, although Professor Pearson said that the ideal social policy principle is not work, it doesn't work or it's not enough. Uh, but I think, first of all, we should have some basic principle of social policy. Then we will discuss whether it is right or wrong. So I think in China, the whether it is right or wrong, or whether it is from the UK's origin or from European or from other countries, I think we should have some 
principle of uh, social policy or other kind of uh, ideology. Although mm, the pragmatism is, mm, I should say, only one choice, but it's not ideal. So the principle is uh, whether we should meet, meet people's daily life, although they are, uh, whether they are from cities, from a rural area, or they are civil servants, or they are not employed. Yes, we should regard the, their basic social needs as the principle, as the responsibility of the government. Whether the, the responsibility is full or a part, I think that this principle should be established. And then in social insurance alone, because uh, in social insurance system, we have social insurance system, and we want to do, we want to cover, we want to protect people, we want to satisfy the people when the social risk happen. And, but the problem is whether the uh, social insurance benefit or the social insurance system is satisfied to the people, or whether the, uh, it is efficiency or the, uh, or as as burden to the government is not that huge, but we, we have to set up an assessment system to assess our social insurance system. So I think in the concept of social policy, we should assess our government and these uh, items better.